from BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast, is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I bet you're smart. Yeah, and you like to hold your own in the group chat. We can help you drop even more knowledge. My name is Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Izadi. We host a daily news podcast called Post Reports. Every weekday afternoon, Post Reports takes you inside an important and interesting story with the kind of reporting that you can only get from The Washington Post. You can listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. Go find it now and hit follow. Welcome into the pregame show on the Sports Betting Network. I'm Brady Cannon, live from the South Point Hotel, Casino, and Spa in fabulous Las Vegas, Nevada. My partner, James Salinas, is on board, hailing from colorful Colorado. Good morning to you, James. We've got NBA playoff basketball, Stanley Cup playoff hockey. But first, I want to talk about Game three between the Utah Jazz and the Los Angeles Clippers on Saturday night. You and I both thought the Clippers would bounce back in this game, and they have. They have now cut the series lead for the Jazz in half, two games to one in favor of Utah. We really nailed the player props. Gobert went under on the rebounds. Uh, Donovan Mitchell went under on the assists, and Kawhi Leonard came out with a big game, went over on the points and the rebounds. 132-106 to 106 in a rout. Los Angeles Angeles gets back into this dance with the Utah Jazz. They cover easily as favorite, James, and the game goes well over the total. As far as the Clippers and actually the Jazz as well, shooting the basketball from the perimeter, 50, almost basically 53% for the Clippers shooting from the outside, 19 of 36 from three, and pretty much a lot of open looks and coming back home and needing this game, obviously, for the Clippers last night. 
open looks, knocking them down. I think when the Clippers, we know the Clippers can shoot the ball. They've done it pretty well all season long. And when they're able to dribble drive and kick out and and looking down the list of the number of shots that were put up there, we're talking about Reggie Jackson. Again, another big game from Jackson going five of six from three. Paul George had a huge game last night shooting the basketball. Hadn't shot the ball particularly well it, through the playoffs, not only in the Mavericks series, but for the first couple games in the series in Utah didn't shoot well but shot six of ten from three Batum chipped in a lot of three point it was a three-point barrage from the Clippers last night and ultimately as the game progressed we saw the little tweak of the ankle potentially the ankle the foot whatever it was for Donovan Mitchell now he said he was fine but they pulled him out in that fourth quarter did not come back in so something that we'll have to monitor Brady going into game four yeah game four on Monday night in Los Angeles and pretty much the same spread here. Los Angeles closed about a five-point favorite on Saturday night. They opened as five-point favorites for game four on Monday. It's down a tick, pretty much four and a half, even some fours in the market for that game. Again, coming up on Monday night, your total currently at 223 and a half. Game four this afternoon, James, between the Brooklyn Nets at the Milwaukee Bucks, 12 noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern. Brooklyn leads this series two games to one. Your adjusted series price, Brooklyn, to advance in this best of seven is minus 375. Milwaukee to come back is three to one. It was a weird and ugly game three that ended up a final score of 86-83 in favor of Milwaukee earlier this week. The Bucks closed as three-and-a-half-point favorites in that game, but they're back in the role of the underdog here today, and I find that interesting. Nets giving two points on the road, James, with a total of 228. Thinking that it's, all right, here's the bounce back spot now for the Nets. It was bounce back, needing to have the win in game three for Milwaukee coming home. And ultimately, it was just two players carrying the load from the scoring standpoint for Milwaukee between Middleton and Antetokounmpo, 68 points combined. Now, they only had 86 points, so <laughs> ultimately, they're their two best players, and they have to carry the load, but to that extreme, I mean, they got absolutely did the Bucks, and not that the not that the Nets got much from their bench production either, but ultimately, it was just those two players for Milwaukee. Now, that's the question. Can they do that again come game four? I think that's the challenge. Now, I think, thinking about the Nets, it it's not this. This isn't a team that you're thinking about. Well, this is going to be the the defensive game for the Nets. We really don't see that. It's it's a game. It's it's a team that really just tries to know knows that they can score and knows that they can really ultimately outscore you game to game. But in this case here, I think thinking about game three, Brady, it was really a lot of isolation basketball. Not a lot of assists in that game. Uh, you look at you look at the Bucks. They had 34 made baskets, only 12 assists, which really told you that's why the temple was where it was it was a lot of stand and watch Giannis a lot of times facilitating the offense most of the time not with his back to the basket but stepping out away from the basket catching the basketball and facilitating his own offense to score from the top of the key and then kind of settled as, as the game progressed Milwaukee was hot in that first half or that first quarter, 30 points. But as the game progressed, you started to see the shots coming further and further away from the basket. In particular, for Giannis, he went one of eight from the three point line. He's not a three point shooter. Brady, why is he shooting eight three point shots in game three? 
I, I tell you what, I have a tough time figuring out. Uh, you know, I have a pretty good gauge on Phoenix and Denver, the Clippers and Utah, but this series is very puzzling to me. I, I'm not going to bet this game today. I wouldn't be surprised at all if Milwaukee showed up and won this game. We saw that during the regular season, and it was down the stretch that they beat the Nets twice on their home court. Those were great basketball games, and they were they were good to watch. It was good basketball, <laughs> nothing like what we saw in Game yeah. 3. So I, I'm just kind of expecting that once in a while we're going to get that product that we saw back in the regular season when when the Bucks really looked good and were very efficient and, and beat the Nets a couple of times on their home floor. Uh, you look at the exact outcome of the series. The Nets to win this four games to one is the favorite at plus 190. I, I don't, I'm not in love with that. You've got the Nets in six at plus 260. If you think the Bucks are going to come back and win this thing, in seven games it's five to one, in six games it's nine to one. I don't know if Milwaukee's going to win this series, but I don't think it's going to be four to one in favor of Brooklyn either. And I'm already vested in this. So I have the Nets in six games plus 400 and the there Nets in seven games plus 350. So for me, I'm I'm rooting for a Milwaukee Bucks win today because, yeah, if they don't win this game at home, uh, down 3-1, going back, to, going back to Brooklyn for game five, I could see the Nets closing them out at home in game five. So this is a pivotal game. It's, it's obviously a pivotal game for both teams here. But in a sense, for my bets, at least, Brady, I'll be selfish here as a sports better. I want the Bucks to win win and now I definitely have assured myself at minimum the Nets win in six now the Nets still have to win the series but I think here what we what we saw out of the Bucks just yeah they with with Giannis he is such a tough guard but do they continue to settle from the outside I mean collectively as a team in that game three six out of 31 from three-point land and it wasn't like the the Nets were much better they were eight of 32 from three just 25 percent so ugly shooting all the way around and not a lot of it was it was a tough game to watch. You talked about flow of the game before and seeing some of these games previously. The flow of the game, the offense rolling and clicking and open shots. Last game, game three, that was an ugly game. So from a spectator standpoint, I think we, we're hopeful we'll see more flow in the game. But really, that's going to be a, a part of Kyrie on one side who kind of looked like he got a little tired. He played 45 minutes in that game three and feel like I've been seeing him wear down come second half. The fact that he played 45 minutes in game three, I suspect he's going to have to play a lot of minutes again in game four, as will KD, because both teams are getting no production from their bench. And, of course, no James Harden for the Brooklyn Nets today. Again, that's a 12 noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern tip. Game four between the Bucks and the uh, Brooklyn Nets. Brooklyn Nets currently a two-point favorite year total at 228. Game four between the Phoenix Suns and the Denver Nuggets, 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern. Phoenix leads the series three games to none, and we talked about that mismatch in the backcourt here, James, on yesterday's show, and it really showed itself in a big way in game three. The Suns opened as two-point favorites for game four, and they've seen the money now up to three-point favorites, and even some stores are dealing three and a half. 221 and a half is your total, James. Brady, I see a lot of three and a halves out here. So yeah, even locally, we're not getting, as far as the Nuggets are concerned, not getting a lot of money here, at least with the way that the line is moving in favor of the Suns. And I haven't gotten involved yet with this, and I don't know if I will. I really just want to see from a competitive pride standpoint for the Nuggets, 
What do we see out of them today? Is this going to be the game where you don't want to get swept at home? Are they going to win the series? That's already gone. But as far as them not wanting to finish out and close out their season with a home loss, being swept by the Phoenix Suns, I want to see what competitive pride we see out of the Nuggets. And in particular, what are we going to see? Are we going to see any changes in the lineup from Coach Michael Malone with that Denver Nuggets starting five at I suspect maybe, and, and I'm kind of waiting to see if I get involved here, and I think the only way I'll get involved, Brady, is if Michael Porter Jr., as talented as he is on the offensive side, really is such a liability defensively for Denver, not only on a, on a one-on-one basis, man-on-man, but collectively as a team defense, he just doesn't have very good awareness of where he's supposed to be within the construct of their defensive sets. And I think here... Do we see Will Barton? Does Will Barton step into the starting lineup? Now, they talked about minute restrictions. He played 28 minutes in his second game back after missing about a month and a half of the season, and he really brings an edge to this team. And Not that he's going to carry them to win, but I think if he does get in there and or if we see Porter Jr. get pulled early, I think that's where I might get involved because the less minute, the, the fewer minutes Michael Porter Jr. plays, the more I like Denver's chances in game four to not get swept. Yeah, Michael Lombardi was talking about it on the Lombardi line prior to our program that he thought this was a good opportunity for in-game betting. And that's really to your point. What is Porter Jr. going to be doing? What is his role going to be in this game? What is Barton going to contribute for the Denver Nuggets? You know, just a typical handicapping 101 situation. You would take the home team with their back against the wall facing elimination. And kind of oddly enough here, they're in the role of the underdog too. So just from that standpoint, you would think it's almost an automatic bet on Denver, but I'm not so sure because there is such a glaring void in that backcourt for Denver, James. I just I can't invest in the Denver Nuggets with that hole in their lineup that's really been exposed by a very powerful guard tandem for Phoenix in Chris Paul and Devin Booker. In particular, Chris Paul. Now, Booker, he he's going to get his points. He's going to get his shots. But it, just seeing how Chris Paul works the offense, it, he, he is so engaged with this team. And he knows, yeah, the backcourt matchup for the Nuggets. This is not the backcourt that they started the season with, obviously, with right. Austin Rivers, who wasn't even on the team about six weeks ago. And then Compazzo coming over from Argentina. Well, he was just there to come off the bench as the season, as the season went along just to do spot minutes. But ultimately, those obviously – those two are having to take up the starting roles due to injury for the Nuggets in the backcourt. But really, it's Chris Paul and the way he facilitates the offense. So many ball screens. He just—he looks like he is in absolute total control out there. He's averaged 21 points in this series, 34 assists, and only three turnovers. So he's dialed in. And now I don't know what adjustments, honestly, Brady, that the Nuggets can make when it comes to the same sets running over and over as far as Paul concerned. Getting to that elbow, getting to that foul line extended, whether he's shooting or facilitating off the bounce from those ball screens. And then the other part, too, is we talked about Michael Porter Jr. and his liability on defense. I feel like Chris Paul is out there searching, where is Michael Porter Jr.? We're going to pull his man to come (laughs) ball screen and or we are going to set whoever he's guarding and put you in isolation and go one-on-one from there because he has really been exploited defensively, unfortunately, for the Nuggets so far. I think the play for me might be the Phoenix Suns on the money line here and then also over the total. Uh, If Denver is going to show up and you call it it professional pride, and, and I know they have some, certainly, 
uh, you would think they're going to score some points and take this game over the total. That might be how I would approach this one, James. Uh, and I agree. I, th- I think that's where the, the, the Suns are getting their part. They're, sc- they're going to score the basketball. I don't know what Denver – there's not much Denver can do on the defensive side as far as adjustments are concerned. Banged up team, Will Barton coming back, but he's in there to score, and I think that's where it comes from the Nuggets side. They've got to put some points on the board. They've got to try to keep pace with the Suns, and you're not going to be able to stop them, especially we talked about Chris Paul and how well he's facilitating that offense. You're going to have to get something more than Joker. Now, Joker was spectacular in game three triple double 20 boards very aggressive very physical play from joker wasn't nearly as perimeter oriented as he was in the first two games in phoenix we'll see that again i think we're going to see joker come and bring it but who else is going to be the one that steps up wasn't aaron gordon in in the last game two out of ten from the floor porter jr was five out of 13 i think we're going to have to see some points coming off the bench not only with barton but i think also monte morris he had a good game in game three and i think that's where we see some pride. We do see some pride. I think this is a team that carry over the momentum from the playoff bubble and how well they played. Yeah, they don't have Murray in this con- in this context here because he is out due to his ACL injury, but there still is a lot of pride on this team and that's what I'm that's what I'm banking on, but I'm really banking on is Michael Malone, Coach Malone for the Nuggets, going to make a change in that starting lineup? Because through three games, it's not working. Something has to change. And the only really move they can make is it's going to be Will Barton and for MPJ. We'll find out. All right. On the ice, it's game one between the Tampa Bay Lightning and the New York Islanders. Also a puck drop at 12 noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern. For the series, the price on Tampa Bay has come down a little bit. Now the Lightning are minus 275 to take this best of seven. They were minus 300. Some action coming in on the Islanders who are now on the take back at plus 220. It was plus 250. Now for game one, the price has really not changed that much. The defending champs at home are minus 200 on the money line, James, five and a half for your total. I can't lay $2 with Tampa, but I don't want to get in front of Tampa either. This is the defending Stanley Cup champions, but really love the Islanders. I love how they play. I think Brady, for me, a team like the Islanders, a coach like Barry Trotz, These are the kind of guys and the kind of team we talk about chemistry and leadership and just teams that are seem very galvanized and play together. They know their roles and they play to it very well. That's why I typically tend to lean towards underdogs because of those situations. But right now, I just can't get in front of the Tampa Bay Lightning. I got to see game one play out before I get involved in the series. Yeah, I'm 100% with you. The Lightning look like an absolute powerhouse right now. But I love Trots and the Islanders, what they did to both the Penguins and the Bruins. Hopefully, it'll be a great series. We'll talk more about that one. Also, the Vegas Golden Knights and their series with the Montreal Canadiens when we come back on the pregame show. BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast, is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare.
Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. Welcome back to the pregame show. Brady Cannon and James Salinas with you. The men's French Open final. Tsitsipas took the first two sets over the Joker, but now the Joker coming back. He won the third set 6-3, to 5-2 to two right now, leading in the fourth. Looks like we're definitely headed for a final and decisive set five for the men's French Open final. Good action there over at Roland Garros. Let's talk about the action coming up Monday night, James, at the Fortress right here in Las Vegas. It'll be the Western Conference final between the Montreal Canadiens and the Vegas Golden Knights getting underway. Game one will be at 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern on Monday night. Your series price, we haven't seen something this expensive in a long time. Vegas around minus 500, and I've even seen a little bit higher than that. Montreal anywhere from about plus 375 and even better than 4-1 to one to take this best of seven at some shops. Now for game one, Vegas also a very big favorite. Minus 280 on the money line, James, with a total of five and a half. Just wonder here, Brady, if this is not so much a letdown spot, but you think about the the Knights in that series against Colorado, lost the first game. Now, different scenario for them where they were just coming off an emotional Game 7 win at home against the Wild and then quick turnaround, less than 48 hours, and now you're flying to Denver to go play a team in the Avalanche that had been sitting and resting for about a week ready for you. But ultimately, outside from that game, the, the the Vegas Golden Knights were clearly the tougher team, the mentally tougher team, the physically tougher team, and just the deeper team overall than what the Avalanche were and and were able to, to, to come back four straight and win that series. Now, looking at the other side here with Montreal, I don't know how many... 
if, if, was this the matchup we expected to see when it came to the Canadians versus maybe the Golden Knights side for sure, but was it the Canadians that we expected? And obviously the bookmakers didn't think so because you talked about it, laying $5 on the Knights to, to win this series. I, I, I mean, I like the Knights to win the series, but I'm not going to lay $5. So I think if you're going to bet this series, and I haven't done anything, I don't have a position on this series as of yet, Brady. I, I, looking at it, I think if you're going to do it, you'd have to get involved, or at least I'd have to get involved on a correct series result. So would that be the Knights in six? Would that be the Knights in seven? I think that's where you kind of really have to assess how many games can you give to Montreal in this series, and is game one a potential game that the Canadians could possibly steal? I agree with you. I, I think game one is the spot, and, and you alluded to it there, how they came into the Colorado series off of the very tough and grueling seven-game set with the Minnesota Wild. Less than 48 hours later, they go up into altitude and really got blitzed by the speed of the Colorado Avalanche and Nathan McKinnon. And I thought it was interesting, James, uh, that Marc-Andre Fleury did not start that game one in goal for the Vegas Golden Knights. Of course, Coach Pete DeBoer made the decision to put Robin Leonard between the pipes for Vegas. And I wonder if he would consider doing that again. Now, there's a difference here. They're not going into altitude. It's not less than 48 hours as far as the turnaround. But obviously, this team has its sights set on winning the Stanley Cup. And if that's the case, Marc-Andre Fleury could potentially play 14 more games. That's a lot for the 36-year-old Hall of Famer. So do you give him a rest here in game one? And not that Leonard is any, you know, second fiddle necessarily. I mean, the guy's a very good goalkeeper. They thought he was going to take over for Fleury last year. But, you know, maybe that kind of lends itself to an opportunity for the Canadians as well. And the Canadians also going to play the role of spoiler and underdog. And I think the the Knights last the last series against the Az really relished that role. I think they took that to heart. The fact that that for the most part, when you we're talking about the the uh, NHL pundits talking about the Avs moving on and being able to be this, and they were the Stanley Cup favorites rolling in. Uh, the fact that the Knights played the card of the underdog. And I think if there's ever a, a team that's aware of what the what their odds currently are, it would be the team right there in your hometown of Las Vegas but what is the mindset there and I think for the other side with the Canadians I would I, I might get involved here with the Canadians looking at plus 220 on the get back for the dog spot on but I got to see the injuries because I think there's a couple I, I think there's a couple key defensemen that probably may or may not play I don't think they will though uh, we're talking about Petrie and Merrill and then with Evans uh, up front I don't think he's going to be back for game one who took that vicious hit in uh, that first game against the Winnipeg Jets so got to check on the injuries we'll see how that plays out tomorrow but right now for me Brady I haven't got any investment in this series maybe the best way to go about it if you don't want to risk the entire game that Montreal can win game one Maybe you play Montreal in the first period. That might be an opportunity. Uh, we'll take a look back at, uh, we were talking about the Islanders in Tampa Bay. We'll touch on that real quick. And also get the card for the Sunday on the Diamonds Major League Baseball coming up next with a few games that we're looking at, James and I, here on the pregame show on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network.
We have a new feature here at vcin.com. Every day we're posting the latest betting splits on every game in the major sports with current odds and what percentage of the bets and money are being placed on each game. Check this information daily to find out which games are seeing the most tickets written and if that matches the money coming in on those games to help you find a betting edge. And, of course, we have all the odds, data, and analysis for every game as well. Start your next sports bet at vcin.com. Welcome back to the pregame show here on the Sports Betting Network Brady Cannon and James Salinas with you in the men's French Open final. Novak Djokovic did indeed take the fourth set, so they are into the fifth set now. Tsitsipas is serving, and it is currently advantage Tsitsipas tied at 40 apiece. He's got one more point to take the first game of set number five, again, in the men's final of the French Open. James, we were uh, talking about hockey in the last segment. We talked about the Knights and the Canadiens. We didn't uh, really go over your opinion. Both you and I kind of share the same sentiment with the Lightning and the Isle and the New York Islanders. Great series, I expect. Tampa Bay, the defending champ, looks so powerful, but the Islanders have been a great story. Tough, gritty, well-coached. As far as uh, picking the exact outcome, that market, the betting options there, uh, the Lightning to win four games to one plus 350, the Lightning in seven or the Lightning in six is four to one. Those are the two I'm eyeing. What about you? I think if I was going to get involved there, I wouldn't want to take the Lightning in six games. That would mean they would have to go to Nassau Coliseum right. and close out the Islanders on their home ice. And I think, you know, not that the fans get on the ice and play, but I think we've <laughs> seen that now. And that the that the that these teams that actually have, and I think they're they're not quite at 100% capacity, but it sure sounds like and it sure looks like it when you're talking about what that Coliseum looks like there for the Islanders in Nassau when they are at home, it is such an advantage. We saw that play out for the Vegas Golden Knights. I feel like that's really a home ice advantage for sure for Vegas, and I think the same thing applies to the New York Islanders here. So if I was going to get involved, I wouldn't want to do it. I would either be the Lightning in, in five or the Lightning in seven, and I just feel like something about this series, and I, I maybe I'm just, uh, not from a fan's perspective, Brady, but really, I, I just gravitate towards coaches and teams like this that just have such great toughness and chemistry about them, and that definitely applies, in my mind, for the New York Islanders. So this kind of smells like a seven, uh, this just smells like this is a series that's going to drag on, uh, not drag on in the sense that it's not exciting hockey, because I think each game is going to be uh, just great to watch from a just from a uh, spectator standpoint, but I feel like this is a series that is going to drive and going to be a long series. So if anything, if I was going to get involved with that and I haven't done anything yet, it might be the Lightning to win in seven, which is plus 400. And or can we see, and I think we can with the Islanders, can they get a game on their opposing, uh, can they get a game in Tampa? And if they do, now that turns around, and not that the Lightning can't go and win on the road, but if we're thinking, yeah, looking at something about this, this Islanders in six, where if they got to that point, kind of very similar to exactly what happened with Boston, where they won that pivotal game five, series was tied 2-2. It just felt like, at least from my perspective, I was all over the Islanders in that game six. You could just feel it. And it just felt like they are not going to lose this opportunity to close out this series in Nassau, which they did and won in six games. It's sitting there at plus 700, Brady. I don't know. I haven't done it yet, but it's kind of tempting just to take a shot with the Islanders if they got to that point to close out at home at Nassau Coliseum. Plus 700? 
Pretty That's juicy, a juicy, right? Price for me, right there. Yes, yeah, no, exactly. I think you make a good point there, and I'm with you. I, I just have fallen in love with this Islanders team because of the chemistry and the coaching and the toughness. And you mentioned the Nassau Coliseum. I think that's part of the lure for this team too. I mean, what a building! It, it's really been great to watch, and of course, the fortress here in Las Vegas has been fantastic as well. All right, let's get to the Diamonds, and we'll start with one of your plays, James, and we go to the nation's capital, the Washington Nationals and San Francisco Giants. They split a doubleheader on Saturday. Both games stayed well under the total. Today it'll be Johnny Cueto versus Joe Ross and the Giants just a slight road favorite here. Minus 108 is about the consensus price with a total of nine. I see some 105s for the Giants. So basically, let's just flip the coin. There we go. It's even money in a sense. I like the Giants in this spot thinking about the Nationals. And we talked about this yesterday. It was a doubleheader for the Nationals. Now, they uh, think about Friday as well. Scherzer went out, pitched away. He got one out. So basically the bullpen had to come in and pitch nine innings to close to finish that game out. And then a doubleheader yesterday for the Nationals. So if you look through it, the last two days, that bullpen has had to throw 15 innings. And thinking about Joe Ross here, Joe Ross is not somebody that he's not fooling anybody up there on the mound. You know what you're going to get from from Ross. He's going to bring he he's not going to nibble. He's going to try to challenge. He he works up and upstairs in that zone quite frequently and I think for the Giants here uh, they're going to have some opportunities to score some runs because I think Ross is going to be called on to eat some innings just based on where this bullpen stands over the last couple days for the Nationals. And even if Ross gets starts to get in some jams, he's going to have to work through it because they really need him to go at least a minimum of five, if not six innings, just based on the where the bullpen sits for the Nationals. So that's where I like the matchup here for the Giants. Giants have been uh, a great story all season long. I like that team. I, I'm thinking about years past that World series uh, mentality and the winning really culture that they had there with San Francisco still a few holdovers on that team in particular in the lineup uh, here I'm not one to love betting on Cueto but I just think that the spot here for Ross he's going to have to eat innings and could get tagged pretty good so I think here I'm going to take the Giants it's laying a dollar five I'll book it yeah, no, you make a good point there. And I think the bookmakers know what you're talking about, too, with that total at nine. And also the fact that Johnny Cueto's on the other side for the Giants. I've bet against him a few times this year successfully. Take a look at one of my plays real quick. The Yankees at the Phillies. Both of these games, by the way, starting just after the top of the hour, Pacific time, 10.05, 1.05 p.m. Eastern. And for the Yankees and the Phils, it'll be Domingo Herman against Aaron Nola. Phillies won three straight. New York has dropped a pair. And now trails Tampa Bay in the American League East by seven and a half games. James, I like Philadelphia and the under in this game. Nola has an ERA of right around four, but his XFIP is in the mid threes. I got under eight and a half. I still like it at under eight runs. Philly at home at minus 125 on the money line to sweep the pinstripers today. Pretty short price considering Nola, their ace on the mound, to have that sweep. I'm right there with you. I haven't bet it, but I, I know where you're. I, I like where you're going, and I may get involved with this one too because I think when you're going to get Nola at a dollar twenty-five at home, uh, as as good of a pitcher is he, and the, for the Yankees here struggling to score runs and string together hits all season long. If they're not hitting the ball over the fence, it's been a struggle for them for the majority of the season to put runs on the board. And here, going against an ace like Nola, I like it. $1.25 seems pretty short for, for an ace like Nola at home.
Yeah, Philly really jumped on them on Saturday. The Yanks came back, but eventually Philly won that game. We'll see if they can make it three in a row here over the New York Yankees. We've got a couple more baseball games to get to in the next segment, and then we go back to the NBA playoff prop market. James and I were pretty successful on that one on Saturday as the pregame show continues right here on VSIN. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. Welcome back to the pregame show on the Sports Betting Network. Brady Cannon and James Salinas with you on a Sunday morning going over the baseball card. And James, we'll go back to you here. I know you have some interest in the Braves and the Marlins game. The Braves have lost four in a row and falling fast in the National League East. The Marlins have been on a little bit of a roll. They've won three straight. And they are a favorite behind Pablo Lopez today facing Drew Smiley. About minus 125 on the money line in favor of my. Miami, seven and a half for your total. I like Lopez in this spot. He's pitched very, he's been pretty solid for the Marlins all season long, but in particular in Miami when they're playing at home, his home ERA is 1.21. So he 
I think this matchup here, not only with Lopez on the mound, he's one of those pitchers. I think we know how we – sometimes, Brady, we, we, we just kind of ride pitchers for a while, and I've done that a number of times with Pablo Lopez. I like the spot for the Marlins here going against the Braves. Look at that. The, Marlins going for the sweep here. Braves have not been hitting the baseball, and then you got Drew Smiley, and that's really where I'm going. I'm going against Drew Smiley. Hasn't made it through five innings in his last couple starts and really gets hammered by lefties. So we'll see the lineup coming out here shortly for the Marlins. But in this case, looking at looking at Smiley, he's typically one that I'll look to fade against. And then a little bit of a, a inch, my own personal handicap, I tend to like to play the Marlins at home on Sundays. Uh, just something where I... I think for uh, the visiting team kind of tends to uh, indulge a little bit down there <laughs> in South Beach and never quite give as much effort uh, if they had a late night depending on where the Braves are. But that happens. It's just not, there's no there's no rhyme or reason or no system to it, Brady. It's just something that I typically do depending on the matchup. And I like the matchup, the pitching matchup here with Lopez going against Smiley. So at $1.30 is where I got it for the Marlins to sweep the Braves today. Yeah, I'm with you on the pitching matchup. I'm definitely a fan of Lopez, and I would be on the fade train of Drew Smiley as well. One I looked at today, James, was the Mariners at the Indians, and this will go to first pitch at 10.10 a.m. Pacific time 1 10 p.m eastern logan gilbert versus shane bieber and i like the under in this game and most of that has to do with bieber on the mound of course and both of these teams inability to score runs you've got the 20th and the 26th teams in baseball as far as the rankings for runs produced per game now cleveland is a heavy favorite on the money line at minus 230 but i'm going to go to the total and stay away from the side yeah, I mean, two and a quarter. It's a really big, it's a really big number in favor. And Bieber, rightfully so, terrific pitcher and the ace of that team, and one of the top pitchers in the American League. And thinking about the Mariners, where I had them first five yesterday, and it was really a, a bet against a, a bet against McKenzie, who couldn't get out of the first inning, couldn't find the strike zone again. Uh, but then ultimately, they had the lead through first five, so that one hit. But then the bullpen came in, and sometimes I occasionally, like today, I'm, I'm taking the Giants because I think it's a tough bullpen matchup for the Nationals for the full nine, and same thing here with the Marlins for the full nine. I, I think for the total, that's probably the only way I can get involved. I'm not going to lay two and a quarter with the Indians here. Uh, just thinking about big number, but Bieber being able to hold this Mariners team down. Neither team, like you said, to your point, Brady, uh, they stringing together hits. Bieber's, they're not going to leave the yard, are the Mariners, and I think I like the seven and a half as well. It's sitting here at a dollar ten. All right, let me update you here on the Palmetto Championship, the final round getting underway on Sunday in South Carolina, the final tune-up before the United States Open next week at Torrey Pines in San Diego. And Chesson Hadley is your 54-hole leader. He's got a four-shot lead over Harris English. Hadley at 14 under par for the tournament is minus 185, a minus 185 favorite going into today to take this victory home. English is at plus 350. Now, lurking, you do have the number one player in the world in Dustin Johnson. He's at seven under par, didn't have a good Saturday, shot two over par on his round, and he is now seven shots off the pace. He's going to need a very low round today to cash his ticket, and he is at t anywhere from 10 or 12 to 1 to get this victory. Now, it looks from some of the early action that scoring is out there, and the golf course is gettable. You've got Ryan Armour and Wilco Needneighbor at five under par. 
par and four under par, respectively, for their round today. So there are some low numbers being put up. DJ is going to have to go real low if he wants to win this thing in his home state of South Carolina. Chesson Hadley, again, the favorite with a four-shot cushion. James, let's go to that NBA playoff player prop market. We did very well on this on Saturday, and I'll start with the Bucks and Nets game. Kevin Durant is listed, and of course, this goes points, rebounds, assists, and three-point attempts. The book posts a number. You can take the under or the over. Kevin Durant at 32.5 points and 9.5 rebounds. And again, we talked about this in the opening segment. I don't have a great feel for how this game or this series is going to play out. This is the one that probably befuddles me more so than the other series going on right now in the NBA. But I lean towards the under on those numbers for Kevin Durant. 32.5 points, 9.5 rebounds. And what is the pace of play going to look like? And is it going to turn into isolation basketball exactly like we saw in game three where the the, t- the total, 86-83, nobody could put the ball in the basket. Nobody was shooting well. And anytime you don't have a lot of movement, and I think that was the concern really for both sides, both teams offensively, a lot of standing around, a lot of isolation basketball, not getting any kind of offensive flow going. So, yeah, you, if you're thinking about looking at 32.5, I mean, we know full well that KD is capable of putting up 32-plus points on anybody. And in this case here, What are we going to see out of the bench? And I think that's where I'm going to look a little deeper down this list and looking at Milwaukee's bench in particular. Neither bench has been very productive, but thinking about Milwaukee's bench, looking where we got with where we're at with Bryn Forbes. Now, Forbes is sitting at eight and a half points. I don't know how many minutes Bryn Forbes is going to play in this game. I mean, it's game four, obviously, again, a big game for both sides. But if you look at what Bryn Forbes has done through this series, and in particular, game three, only played 15 minutes in that game three, took four shots, all from three-point line. That's what he's there for. He's not going to beat you off the dribble. His his job is to catch and shoot, and he's pretty good about running off of screens. But is that where they're going to go today? I just don't suspect. I can't see fours. I think I saw his confidence really. One of those shots, he was 0 for 4 in that game three, Brady. One of those shots, I think, hit the side of the backboard <laughs> and really was forcing a lot of shots. So I just don't see a lot of confidence when it comes to shooting the basketball right now for Forbes. And the fact that I don't know how many minutes he's going to have, it's going to be Giannis and Middleton that are going to to be taking the majority of the shots and the majority of the minutes in this game. I don't think we see Forbes on the court a whole lot, and I don't think they run a whole lot of sets for him either. The fact that his confidence is a little shook here, sitting at eight and a half, I know it's a small number, but that means he's going to have to get some touches and some, some shots up today, and I just don't know how many minutes or touches he's going to have in this contest. I'd be looking to play Forbes under the total of points, eight and a half. Yeah, I think that one makes sense, and on the Bucks side, I looked at a couple as well. Uh, Robin Lopez at six and a half for the rebounds. I thought that had to go over. If Milwaukee's going to be in this game and get back into this series and even things up, I like him to get over six and a half rebounds. And you mentioned Middleton. Obviously, him and Giannis are going to be responsible for doing most of the scoring for Milwaukee. I like Middleton at over two and a half three pointers. He's going to be chucking them up. 
Giannis isn't probably going to take eight shots from behind the arc again in this game, but Middleton is certainly going to chuck up a few. And if they're going to have a good game, I like him to get over two and a half, three pointers for Milwaukee. Chris Middleton on that player prop. All right, let's look to the other game coming up this evening, 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern, game four in Denver for the Nuggets and the Phoenix Suns. And you and I talked a lot about Chris Paul. He really went off, not only on assists, but points in game three. And here his point total for game four is at 16 and a half. I'm looking over at that one, James. Uh, I just don't know if Denver can stop Chris Paul. I'm looking at him for over 16 and a half points and also looking at over 11 and a half points for Crowder. Yeah, I think for Paul, for sure, he just now we know he's dealing with a shoulder injury, but that sure hasn't didn't look like it was impacting him in game three. He just looks like he's going to be able to do whatever he wants to out on the court, because especially with the ball screens, we know he likes to get in the middle of the paint or that free throw line off the elbow or free throw line extended where he's really got a good mid range game, not only for shooting the basketball, he looked very confident and looked pretty healthy shooting the basketball uh, because he was getting so many open looks because I don't know what Denver is going to be able to do on the defensive side as far as any kind of adjustment outside of having to go double team Chris Paul anytime forget the hedge you got to go double him and try to take the ball out of his hands we'll see what adjustments Michael Malone makes for the coach for the Nuggets on Chris Paul in that ball screen offense because he has been absolutely dominant I think 34 assists and just three turnovers so far through this series so I'm looking a little further I'm going to look at the Denver side when it comes to the player prop and I'm going to go against Michael Porter Jr. again. 18 and a half points is what his number is. Again, it was that way in game three. I bet against him there. He's really just looking to shoot, and that's what he's going to do. He's not a great ball handler. He's not going to put the ball on the deck and get to the rim. He's a catch-and-shoot guy. I don't like where he's at mentally right now, and Brady, I don't know how many minutes he's going to get because Denver has to, obviously, they don't want to get swept at home here. The series, winning the series is not is not going to happen, but you don't want to get swept on your home court. Well, the best way to do that is you have to defend, and Michael Porter Jr. is not, he is their worst defender for this Nuggets team. I suspect we're not going to see as many minutes out of Porter Jr. today, so for him to be able to surpass 18 and a half points, and considering that for the most part, half at least half of his shots usually come from deep, his shot selection really can be in question to, I'm going to go under for Michael Porter Jr., 18 and a half points. Yep, I think that makes sense. The one I looked at on the Denver side was Jokic, and you know he's going to shoulder the load here offensively. Really, everything out of the MVP has to fire today. And I thought one and a half three-pointers was pretty generous. I, I think he can get to two or three for the big man. I thought that number was a little low, so I'm looking at over one and a half three-pointers for the big man. Yeah, it makes sense. Thinking about Joker, everything facilitates. He facilitates pretty much what's going down right now for this for this team. And if the de- if the Nuggets are going to go down and get swept at home, it's not because Joker didn't have a great game. He had a great game in Game Three. I think that carries over to Game Four. To your point too, uh, I don't think Aiton can stretch out. So I like that over one and a half three pointers made. All right, my friend, cash some tickets today. You're going to stick around. Adam Candy is up next for betting across America. I'll be back a little bit later on for the Green Zone with Wes Reynolds. Keep it on VEASAN all day long, the Sports Betting Network. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. 
I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. We are the voice of NASCAR. The green flag is in the air and we are underway. The great American race. The Motor Racing Network. NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, and Craftsman Truck Series Racing. Live on your hometown radio station and MRN or NASCAR.com. Martinsville, Talladega, the Chicago Street Course. We have the side-by-side action and last lap passes for the win. Photo finishes. Ryan Blaney will win. The voice of NASCAR, the Motor Racing Network work.